0: Steve Scalise from Wounded to Winning. Will Graham shares the legacy of his grandfather, and country artist Billy Dean perform. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection, and I'm your announcer Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Huckabee.
1: Thank you very much. We've got a bunch of folks out here in the audience wearing Western gear because it's Western night in our theater. And I want you to take a look at Trey Corley. He is rocking the cowboy hat tonight. He's giving us a little happy trails over there. We're going to have a lot of fun. And we're so very happy that you have joined us. All right. Now, folks in the media got their shorts in a wad because the White House suspended the press pass for showboat Jim Acosta of CNN. It seems Acosta believes he's the only reporter in the room. He hogs the camera and recently held onto the White House microphone like Hillary Clinton holds on to hope that she's still going to be president. Even to the point of pushing away a young female White House intern who is simply trying to give the microphone to another reporter since Acosta had not only asked more questions than he was allowed but he kept talking and interrupting the president watch this
2: now, Go ahead. question are you worried that's enough that's the
1: other folks that's had, enough pardon
3: me ma'am I'm, I'm,
1: Excuse president, me. that's enough investigation
2: because it's a hoax are you, that's
1: enough put down the mic miss president are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation oh yeah well CNN, which is now the crybaby news network, (laughs) went full drama and screamed that the First Amendment was being threatened. In fact, democracy itself was at risk because one incredibly rude and selfish reporter at CNN was finally being held accountable for irresponsible and disrespectful behavior. Hey, let's get something straight. The First Amendment is not threatened because one reporter loses press credentials for being a total jerk and violating every norm of journalistic integrity. His job is to report the story, not to become the story, as Showboat Jim always does. Now, most of us learn something in kindergarten. (laughs) that you raise your hand and you speak when you're called on, but when the teacher is finished answering the question, you sit down. The First Amendment protects the press from the government telling them what they can say or what they can't say. But no one has threatened Acosta or his ever-declining and discredited network from saying what is is that they say. If so, I mean, think about it. They wouldn't be allowed to say so much of the crazy stuff they do. The government hasn't censored CNN. The public pretty much has by tuning them out in record numbers, but they can still say what they want no matter how nutty or biased it is. Now, CNN still has reporters at the White House. It's just not the snotty Brad Acosta who thinks he was elected to run the place. That's the difference. By the way, the president isn't required by law to have any press events. Even his critics concede that he's been more accessible than any other president. Now in the news conference last week, he took 68 questions from 35 different reporters for over an hour and a half. How on earth can the press say with a straight face, they don't have access? But while the press is free to ask any question they want, they are not free to demand the answer they want. Now they're talking to the elected president of the United States. If he gives an answer, it may not be what they hoped he would say, but he isn't required to satisfy their hopes for a misstatement or to agree with them. In fact, CNN's Acosta didn't even ask a question. He said, Mr. President, I challenge you. Well, sorry, in, Jim, but if you wanna actually challenge the president, put your name on the ballot, run for president. And if you should make it all the way to the debate stage, then you can challenge him all you want. But stop pretending to be a journalist who's defending the freedom of the press in our democracy. Guys like Jim Acosta and his network aren't journalists. They're political hitmen, advocates for a very pointed political side. There are dozens of people in that room, and they all want to ask questions. Most don't even get called on. And if they do, they respectfully ask one question, maybe a relevant follow-up. But they don't grab the microphone away from the staff. Hey, when he touched that young lady just trying to do her job by getting the microphone away from him before he swallowed the doggone thing, he crossed several lines, and the White House did the right thing by putting him in timeout. (laughs) Just like you have to do with those who act like five-year-olds. For them to pretend that their network is being barred is as fake news as some of the other stories that they run. So here is an inconvenient truth. Freedom of the press isn't threatened because President Trump calls their hand when they want to debate him rather than report. But it is threatened when the press stops gathering hard facts and reporting them and takes a side and tries to persuade the audience to take their view. And that, my friend, is why so many Americans just don't trust the media anymore. Well, it's... Thanksgiving week, and the one thing that I love about this holiday is the turkey. Now, you may not know this, but I kind of pride myself on being a pretty good chef when it comes to cooking the bird, and one of my favorite ways is deep frying the turkey. Perhaps that's why I enjoy watching foolish rednecks say, hey, y'all hold my beer and watch this. Yeah, that's not the way you do it, okay? Well, my first guest is here to give us some tips on frying the perfect turkey for Thanksgiving. Please welcome back John Mclemore. John, great to have you here,
3: Governor. Welcome. I love watching those things because that's Nashville's greatest advertising, you know. You know, we, we take all the guesswork out of it, so that you will never have to worry about what we just saw. I've had the electric fryer for years. And, and it's, it's foolproof. super easy so we're going to show folks how to do a buffalo ranch deep fried turkey breast oh yeah okay so this is the butterball. this is the butterball electric fryer that fries up to a 12 pound turkey uh-huh. and we're going to do about a six to seven pounds uh bone-in turkey breast mm. super simple recipe folks we're going to take and make our own injectable marinade we're going to take about three ounces of dry ranch seasoning Mm -hmm. and we're going to blend that together to make our marinade and if you want to blend that together you can put it in some warm water just whisk it together then take your injector syringe and you want to put one ounce per pound that was 12 ounces that we mixed it with three ounces but in this particular size we want to put about six ounces of total in both sides, okay? Mm -hmm. And this again is a bone-in turkey breast, so we get it injected. Now the extra spice that we held out, we wanna put that over the top. So that gives it a nice golden brown look. Mm -hmm. We're gonna place the turkey breast into the basket and pop off these gloves and put on some protective gloves. Anytime that you lower in a turkey because of the steam, we recommend that you wear some protective gloves. Yeah, that's a good idea. We've got the turkey fryer set to 375 degrees. And as you saw on the video, folks, you never have to worry about that because for over a decade, Master has manufactured an electric fryer. Three million plus units have been sold, and we have never one time <laughs> created a grease fire. All right, so it's the safest way to fry your turkey. You notice how easy that is? We put the lid on. We're gonna fry that bone in, turkey breast, seven minutes per pound. While that's frying, in this unit, instead of putting in oil, we put in water. So if you, who here has had a low country seafood boil? Somebody was from Texas. I know you've had it. So we're gonna show you folks how to do potatoes, corn, sausage, and shrimp. And while you're watching the Huckabee Show, we're going to have that deep-fried turkey breast and this low-country seafood boil done in under an hour.
1: Can't beat that, John. So We're going to have a great time. Sorry. Now, we're going to be checking in with John later in the show as he deep-fries our perfect Thanksgiving turkey. And then we're going to get to share it with a lot of our guests who are here, including Mr. Larry Gatman, along with some wonderful Thanksgiving stories. So you better stay tuned. It's going to be a fun Thanksgiving show. Now, earlier today, I had a chance to visit with Congressman Steve Scalise. He's one man in Washington who knows the dangers of violent political divisiveness all too well. Congressman, your life was irreparably changed by the incident at the ball field. I'm guessing that it was not just uh, some political changes, but more importantly, personal ones.
4: Well, Mike, you know, it it really does focus you on what's important in life. I mean, I I came literally to the brink of death uh, almost... Lost my life, uh, but in the fight back, you know, it was three and a half months in the hospital, uh, but it was such an incredible time to see the goodness of people, and you know, I got to see God's miracles in full display. Something a lot of people didn't know for even a day or two was
1: just how close you were to losing your life from the multiple gunshot wounds. Did. Were you awake at any of those moments? Were you still unconscious during those very critical hours following the shooting?
4: Well, right after I was shot, uh, I I was trying to crawl away and just get away from the gunfire. And then everything gave out. My arms gave out. My legs gave out. So I'm just laying there, and I still hear gunfire. And for all I know, the next shot could be it. So I just started to pray. And and as soon as I prayed, I, I just got this amazing sense of calm. Uh, It started kind of focusing in on what I needed to talk to God about. You know, I asked him, I didn't want my daughter to be able to to have to walk up the aisle alone, Mike. And I, uh, you know, I just prayed that I could see my family again. And once they got me on a helicopter, I just went out, and I was unconscious for about three days. And when I came to, I had no idea how how bad I was or, or how close to death I was, but my trauma surgeon a few weeks later told me that there were at least two different points in that first 12 hours where they weren't sure if I was going to make it. I'm I'm very lucky to be alive, but uh, God's miracles were on full display.
1: Well, they certainly were. Uh, I'm I'm sure there were people who would have been totally understanding if you'd have said, I'm done with politics. I'm out of here. I'm not going to do this anymore. If this is the new uh, result of being in the political arena, I'm out. Why did you
4: stay? I got involved in in politics, because I didn't like things I was seeing, I wanted to be uh, a part of helping change it. I didn't initially think it would be by running for office, but I just wanted to be more involved in helping make, uh, you know, make this a better country. And uh, in Congress, especially in leadership in Congress as the Majority Whip, I get to uh, be directly involved in that. I get to work closely with President Trump on a lot of the things we're doing to get our economy moving again. And uh, you know, I, I fought back through a lot of tough things, but once I started getting better, I missed the job. I missed working with my colleagues, the men and women that I served with who are just incredibly warm people. The side of politics you don't really get to see is just how genuine and warm so many people you serve with are.
1: You had a very famous visitor who showed up at the hospital with his wife. Uh, He came to check on you personally. That was President Trump. Um, You know, not everybody gets a visit from the President of the United States when they're recovering from something. So that had to have been uh, pretty... Pretty meaningful to your family as well as to you.
4: The fact that he came to the hospital, uh, not just himself, but bringing the first lady, in, and they, they really helped my wife in those first few hours when she wasn't sure if I was going to make it through the night, uh, to just console her and, and to give her some strength and support. And then when I was in the hospital recovering, every now and then you get one of these random calls from, you know, this weird number, and it's the White House, and they ask if you'll hold for the president, and it might be like eight o'clock at night, and. It was President Trump just calling to to check on me, and uh, that's the kind of person he is. I get to see that. You see it knowing him personally, but unfortunately, that's not a side of President Trump that the mainstream media shows. And and yet, he is a genuine, caring person, and I got to see that firsthand. You know, he took my kids to the uh, the White House and gave them a personal tour during the summer when I was in the hospital battling for my life, and you know, they needed some kind of just an escape from that day-to-day, you know, tough, tough period. It, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff he did.
1: Well, on a personal level, we're also glad you made it. But on a political level, your voice of calm, reason, and civility is desperately needed in Washington, as well as some really solid policy ideas that you bring to the table. Uh, Congressman, it's always a pleasure to see you. Thanks for your service to this country. I think Democrats, Republicans alike can admire what you do and how you do it. We're delighted to have you here. Thanks, Mike. It's good to be back in the game. And that's the uh, title of the book. My thanks to Representative Steve Scalise for being a voice for civility and unity in politics, which sadly is going to be needed now more than ever. Please check out his terrific new book, Back in the Game. It's available at Amazon and all your favorite booksellers, and you can keep up with him online at scalise.house.gov. Well, The game tonight is just getting started. Keith Bilbrey is standing by to tell us about the next inning of our show.
0: Oh, I can't wait. Coming up, humorous headlines
1: on In Case
0: You Missed It. And country's Billy Dean performs right here on Huckabee.
1: Franklin Graham said, I want every child to know there is a God who loves them through Operation Christmas Child. Now, those shoeboxes that you saw in the commercial provide boys and girls gifts that they love as well as practical items to improve their daily life. Most importantly of all, they give them the hope of the gospel. Reach out to one of these wonderful kids through Samaritan's Purse. You can prep a shoebox or you can give a generous financial gift. But call the number on your screen. Our visit SamaritansPurse.org. Get all the details, but don't let this opportunity slip you by. Now, we all know and admire the Reverend Franklin Graham. I don't know if you know this, but his son is carrying on in the family's calling as a minister, as well as the author of a terrific new book on faith and the legacy of his grandfather, the Reverend Billy Graham. It's called Redeemed Devotions for the Longing Soul. Welcome, please, Will Graham. great to have you here, Will. Uh, thank you. You know, just a few weeks ago, we played a little clip of the film, Unbroken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you played your grandfather in the movie. How fun was that? Well, it was nerve wracking.
5: Was it? Well, I mean, you, you've been a minister, I've been a minister, and so when you preach, you do it all in one take. Yeah. But when you're on stage, they say, no, you know, cut, cut, that was a pretty bad job, do it again, you know, I'm not
1: used to that. So was that the longest sermon you've ever preached in your life? Yeah,
5: and it was only about eight sentences, you know, (laughs) so it was a a very long eight sentences.
1: But it had to have been a great honor to have been a part of a movie that paid tribute.
5: It it was a great honor. Matter of fact, all my words in the movie, every word I said was from my granddaddy's 1949 L.A. crusade. Matter of fact, they, they did some testing, You know, some clips. They said we need the gospel stronger. Will, can you do this part of your granddad's sermon and make sure they get the gospel a little bit stronger in it? Hollywood
1: asked for that. Hollywood asked for that. So there is a miracle happening in America. They did a great job. That is outstanding. When you wrote this book, Redeemed Devotions for a Longing Soul, what is it you hope the reader will take from the book when they read this?
5: Uh, Well, it's I want God to be the hero. Mm. You know, God's got to be the hero of every story. If it's not, it's not worth telling. And uh, I've seen God work in so many people's lives, and that's what I want to share with these things that I got to watch firsthand in other parts of the country. Uh, Most of them are all my stories. There's a few of my granddad's stories in there that he witnessed, Um, but I was wanting to share what uh, God's done around the world in people's lives, and God's the hero of, of every story, and that's how it should be.
1: Well, I want to tell you, I'm so honored to have you here. It is a joy to be able to uh, to present your book, Great Christmas Gift for Folks, Redeemed, Devotions for the Longing Soul. You can get Will's inspiring devotional book, Redeemed, at Amazon and other top booksellers. And you can also keep up with him at BillyGraham.org on Facebook and on Twitter. That's at Telegram. I love that. Telegram. All right, Keith, I can tell our audience is longing to hear what we have coming up, so... Why don't you let them in on it? I
0: certainly will. Next, we make fun of the news. And in case you missed it, then our celebrity turkey taste test is still ahead on Huckabee.
1: Well, from turkey traumas to some truly unique things to be thankful for, we've got the stories that'll make you want to gobble up a segment that we call In Case You Missed It. Yes, indeed. Torn from today's turkey headlines file, well, actually basted from the 1-800-Butterball hotline records, here are some turkey tales that really happened at least according to the hotline helpers. A man from Alabama called in after finding a frozen turkey from 1969 in his dad's freezer. He wanted to know the best way to prepare the nearly 40 year old turkey. Well, rather than open roasting pan recipe, the hotline helper recommended, maybe why don't you get a fresher fowl Actually, I don't even care if the guy cooks a fresh one. I don't want to eat anything from the hands of a person who even for a moment thought it might be okay (laughs) to eat a bird that's been in the freezer since 1969. (laughs) And can you believe this one? A woman in her 70s dialed in for help as she was cooking Thanksgiving dinner for the very first time. Did you hear that? She was in her 70s. She'd never cooked Thanksgiving dinner. And you know why? Because... Her mother said she was tired of doing it and thought that her daughter in her 70s might be about time to cook Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Yep, that poor mom must have made the first bird at Plymouth Rock, at least. (laughs) A young father was given the duties to make the Thanksgiving turkey. His wife was under the weather, so he needed to also take care of their twin toddlers. Doing what any all-American dad would do to help his wife... He expedited matters by thawing the turkey in the tub while he bathed the twins. (laughs) The man was calling the Butterball Hotline to make sure the bathwater idea was acceptable for a method of thawing the turkey. Did he ever think about putting a raw turkey in a bathtub with his kids? Might not be a great idea. Father of the year, that one is, yes, indeed. And finally, a woman called the Butterball Hotline for help. And when she was asked what state her turkey was in, the caller replied, Florida. (laughs) Not sure there was anything the Butterball people could do to save that bird. However, election officials in Broward County are still trying to save the election for Democrats. No matter what your state or stage of life, I guarantee you there is always something to be thankful for, and I mean always. But in case you think you've run out of things to be thankful for, here are a few unique things that we have found online. Here they are. Number one, when you call that customer service line and the person on the other end speaks English. Be thankful for that. Or how about being grateful for one piece pajamas? The adult size ones, of course. Or be thankful when that trip to the ER turns out to just be gas. Oh, how about being thankful for Bino, just to eliminate that trip to the ER? And we all should give thanks that thought bubbles, you know those things in the cartoons, that they don't actually appear over our heads when we're having thoughts while we're standing around talking to somebody. And lest we forget, be thankful if you don't have excessively manicured facial hair. And last... And I said last, and boy, am I glad it's last thing we got here. But it's not the least, just be thankful we're not the turkey on Thanksgiving Day. There you go. Well, that's all the time we have to talk turkey, America, and you know why? Because we read the news. I knew they would come through for me, I knew they would. Okay, have you ever heard the term potato salad time? Now it has nothing to do with Thanksgiving dinner, but every single one of us will experience it sooner or later. You're gonna find out what that means and a whole lot more in my just released brand new book called Rare, Medium, or Done Well. Make the most of your life. Now, I can't think of a better Christmas gift for members of your family, your friends, your employers, employees, your customers, or just for yourself. Now be forewarned it is not a political book it is an inspirational book it'll help you focus away from all the distractions in the news to think about what really matters in life it's heartwarming entertaining the perfect book to put you in a great mood and put a smile on your face available at bookstores amazon online retailers and you can get autographed copies at mikehuckabeebook.com. hey keith Why don't you tell our audience what we've got coming up around the corner? I want to know how much more it costs with that autograph.
0: Coming up, country music star Billy Dean and John McLemore's perfect Thanksgiving turkey, along with Larry Gatlin and his favorite side dish. More Huckabee is on the way, folks.
1: My next guests are a unique power couple. Now, he was the ABC television executive behind Schoolhouse Rock and a lot of other Emmy-winning shows. She is an amazing comedic impressionist. She's a talent above all. Together, they created the best-selling inspirational book series God Winks. It is a pleasure to welcome Squire Rushnell and Louise Duarte.
2: <laughs> Good Thank to see you, you
1: guys.
6: Good. Welcome. Oh, we are so, so glad to be here.
1: I love you guys and I'm so delighted to have you. Uh Godwinks has just, I mean, taken off in yeah. so many different forms the series of books. Yeah. And you know, you've got a Christmas book with Godwinks now, right? Yes. I you just, just happen to show to up. I have it
2: in
7: my lap.
1: So I got one, too. Well, got one Big too. whoopee deal, squire. <laughs> I got one, too. There you go.
2: There so, are 30 unbelievable holiday stories in this book, and they're all about Godwinks. Out of hmm. 7 billion
6: people on the planet, a Godwink is a person-to-person call from him to you, telling you how much He loves you Mm. and knowing that we really are on a grand GPS, God's positioning system, and that He's guiding us all the time. And if we have ears to hear and Mm. eyes to see, He's always speaking to us. But, you know, sometimes we we look in the earthly realm, but He's coming from the supernatural. And if we would open up our eyes to see, we all have God wings. And the more you
1: pray, the more you get God wings. Mm. So what kind of things will I read?
2: Well, one of the stories in here is Ted Harris's story. Ted Harris uh, was a high school coach, retired. He was sitting in the living room in the pre-dawn dark on Christmas morning, feeling overwhelming grief. Mm. It was one year to the day that he had to put his sweet wife Kathy Mm. into hospice. Mm. And here he was on her favorite holiday, sitting in the dark, wondering what he was going to do. He looked over, there was a little picture of her on, a, on a, an ornamental frame that was here, and her smiling face. It was a Christmas frame. He also knew that there was a little button on top of that frame that if he pushed it, he'd hear her voice. And he thought, oh, I can't bear to do that. I'd cry like a baby like I did the last time. So he, he got up and he walked around the room and he grabbed the fireplace lighter because Kathy always said that candlelight lit up the room and warmed the room. So he went around and he started lighting candles. He came back and he sat down in the chair and he lit the candle next to the little frame. And he heard her voice. And this is what he said. Merry Christmas, honey. I love you very much. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, honey. Wow. Stories like that
1: all in the book. What a, what a great time of year. We need to kind of come away from so many of the pressures we've had. This is yeah. a perfect book. God Winks, Christmas Stories mm-hmm. that you guys have. But there's also something else you've uh, been working on, and that is a, uh, a new movie coming out on the yep. Hallmark Channel. We've got a little clip of it. Let's watch.
8: Well,
6: sometimes God does not speak to us in a voice that we can hear. Sometimes
8: God winks.
6: <laughs> Mom always talked about Godwinks. <laughs> yeah, well, we grew up that way, and we knew that when things happened to us that we didn't understand, it was really a way of getting our attention and moving us, guiding us onto the right path, you know? A better one. So you think everything that happened this weekend is... Winking at me.
4: <laughs>
6: How many things had to happen in just the right ways at just the right time so that you and Gary could get to know each other? It's kind of miraculous.
1: Uh, <laughs> That's a God wink. God wink. Yeah. When is your movie on the Hallmark Channel?
6: It's Hallmark Movies and Mysteries yep. on Sunday night, November 18th at 9 o'clock. And that is based on a true story. We know the people and they own a beautiful inn on Martha's Vineyard, the Charlotte Inn, and they are happily married over 30 years, and Gary said, when Paula goes to the store, I miss her.
1: Wow. (laughs) yes. Gee, when I go on a two-week trip, my wife says, you going? (laughs) (laughs) You want to leave a little early? (laughs) All right, Louise, I cannot let you guys come without asking you, did you bring uh, maybe a word from any of your friends with us? Well, I brought a little
8: George Barnes.
2: (laughs) You
1: know, I live to be
6: 100 years old. 100.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's my girl, George. (laughs) When I was a boy, the Dead Sea was only sick.
8: (laughs)
6: Uh, of course, Barbara Streisand, we love Barbara Streisand. <laughs> and Judge Judy, do you see stupid on my forehead here? <laughs> Don't get me stuck. No,
1: I want you to be started. <laughs> you can find the new Godwinks Christmas Stories and all the God Wink books online are at GodWinks.com. That's GodWinks.com. Be sure to watch A Godwink Christmas, airing on the Hallmark Movies and Mystery November the 18th. Keith, We've got a spectacular show that's still underway. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's coming up?
0: I would love to. Coming up, country music's Billy Dean sings and John McLemore's All-Star Turkey Delight on Huckabee.
1: All right, earlier in the show, we started frying our Thanksgiving turkey with Masterbuilt CEO John McLemore.
3: Uh, John, how's that bird looking over there? Let's take a look. I want you to be the judge, governor, and you and the audience tell me. Oh, What do you think? Oh. Yeah. (laughs) So this is, we fried this seven pound bone-in turkey breast in 49 minutes, seven minutes per pound for the bone-in. And if you'll look down front, that's a 12-pound whole turkey that we fried in the same unit. So for turkey breast, for whole chicken, Meemaw southern fried chicken that my wife Tanya and I did, whole turkeys, sliders or low country seafood boils. And we're going to take all of this, and earlier I put in the potatoes. I forgot to mention, a low country seafood boil is potatoes, corn, sausage, and shrimp. All done mm. at the same time, as you can see down here. Mm-hmm. And right now, Governor, I want you to take this hot sauce, okay. pour it into this ranch dressing. Just dump it right in the, oh, top the whole there. thing. The huh? whole thing. So, we're going to blend half and half, or one to one, and blend a ranch buffalo seasoning. Mm. So that you blend that together and you drizzle that right over the top of that slider that we did earlier. Now, Mm. are you willing to eat on TV? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do I look Uh, like a guy who's shy about eating
1: on TV? That is yours. All right. Thank you, sir. So, again, deep fried They're kind of dripping all over the place.
3: Yes, yes. Make a mess. There you go. Mm. Deep fried buffalo ranch. Yeah, those aren't any good. (laughs) Sliders. So, you can do this. Serve your Thanksgiving Mm. meal, folks. The Thanksgiving is the number one meal of the year. Master Build is gonna allow you with the Butterball Fryer to free up your oven, fry the most amazing turkey ever, do your casseroles and your breads and your sides in the oven and let the fryer cook the perfect turkey every single time. And just like you saw here from start to finish, in 49 minutes, we did a whole turkey breast, in 48 minutes, a 12-pound whole turkey it is fantastic well in a few minutes we are
1: going to taste this turkey with the rest of the guests on tonight's show but first i got to visit with country music star billy dean at the legendary star ranch restaurant in nearby gallatin billy thanks so much for uh, coming by coming to the star ranch restaurant in gallatin tennessee <laughs> But before we get to food, let's talk music a little bit. Absolutely, I love that. You've had a remarkable career, not just as a performer, but you've written songs for some of the greatest people in the music business. Is there a part of the music business you like more? Performing, writing, and hearing your stuff on the radio, maybe done by some other performer. People ask me all the time, what do you listen
9: to? And I always say, I really don't listen to music because it's playing in my head 24-7. <laughs> I'm just trying to get out of my head what's, you know, on, uh, get on paper what's in my head. So uh, I don't have to do it like a, like a sweatshop like we used to where you had to write, you know, a song a day. I can take more time and really c- spend more time on the crafting and then where it goes from there, um, I usually, it's usually my routine is I try to get everybody to
1: record it and if nobody does, then I'll do it. But Billy, thousands and thousands of people have come to Nashville. Uh, yes, you know, music. to make music. Oh, boy. Now, yes. speaking oh of making God. music, yeah. uh, I'm going to ask you questions that are going to take a long time, so I'll eat and you talk. How's that? <laughs> that sounds like a good deal to me. Is there a song that you've done that turned out to be a huge hit that surprised you that it was
9: turned out to be such a big one? I had written a song with a Hall of Fame songwriter by the name of Richard Lee, who wrote songs like The Greatest Man I Never Knew, one of the the great songs of of country music. He had a cancellation one day, and and I'm the young guy at the publishing company afraid to ask any of these top songwriters to write with me, and that day changed my life. We wrote a song called Somewhere in My Broken Heart, which went on to win the uh, 1992 Academy of Country Music Song of the Year. It was one of the top 50 songs voted by the songwriters of the past 50 years by the song, which is the greatest honor I've ever had because I've never considered myself a songwriter much until I got, you know, to this town and uh, and I fell in love with that craft, I really did.
1: Well, Governor, how is it? Oh, I want to tell you something, man. This is phenomenal food. You and Gina have created an extraordinary destination to come and dine.
0: Chef James does an amazing job, and we're very fortunate to have to have him here to create all this wonderful food. Yes.
1: Vance, you and Gina came here from Texas. You were an accountant. What on earth is an accountant doing opening (laughs) a restaurant in Gallatin, Tennessee?
0: Actually, my wife, when we moved here, asked me if I could do something off the square in Gallatin. Hmm. And uh, years later, about four years later, I saw the building, bought the building, and had great music here, and decided that I would do something for my wife.
6: We have fantastic music on Friday and Saturday nights. And then really, Mance is responsible for the decor. He is, he just did an amazing job planning this.
0: We're gonna let you get back to your food and all that. So, so glad thank everything worked out.
9: Well, thank you
1: for letting us come in. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Mance. It is a we'll pleasure to be here. Us, Gina, wonderful experience you. being here. Thank you. thank you. If you haven't been to the Star Ranch restaurant in Gallum, Tennessee, not only should you come, but you should come quick because we're going to finish up pretty much everything they've got. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next time that you are in the Nashville area, be sure to visit the incredible Star Ranch restaurant. I'm telling you, they got great food, live music, incredible hospitality from the Huffman family. To find out more, go to StarRanchGrill.com. And that's Star with two R's. And now, please make welcome the talented foodie <laughs> and country artist, Billy Dean. Billy, great having you here, my friend. Good to see you, Governor. That was so much fun when we went over to the Star Ranch. i tell you what, we ate every bit of it. It took five hours and 23
9: <laughs> minutes, but we did it.
1: <laughs> well, let I mean to tell you, I'm so happy to have you here. A lot of folks know you as a phenomenal performer. But maybe they know you also as an incredible song writer, Thank A guy that has written songs that we've all heard from other artists. You unselfishly have given a lot of your work to other people. Thank Do you sometimes feel like you've given away a baby or something like that? There's been a couple of times, uh, you know, but at, but I always uh, respect the
9: other people's interpretation. Usually, when you do let them go out to the world, you you divorce yourself right there of what the, mm. what, what it's going to sound like. But so far, everyone's done a really great job of, of of my songs. I've been very very proud of them. But I usually try to keep some of the the love songs for me.
1: <laughs> you know, you started at age eight. I mean, you got a great wow. start. Your dad was uh, a musician, had a band. But your dad said something to you that I read that I thought was so powerful, and he said this. He said, "I'm not surprised if you make it in the music business. I'll be surprised if you don't." That was powerful because um, we had we're, it was a it was a very
9: heated discussion that day about him taking care of himself. I said, mm-hmm. "You're you're still around." He was a World War II veteran, and he wasn't in great shape, and I was the youngest of the family, and and I hadn't had kids yet, and I, was, I kept saying. To him, I said, I want you to take care of yourself, so if I make it, you know, you can be around and we can enjoy it. And he goes, oh, son, it won't surprise me if you make it. It'll surprise me if you don't. And that was the great uh, vote of confidence.
1: What a great vote. We're all glad that your dad encouraged you because we are the beneficiaries <laughs> of his advice and your wonderful music. Thank you so much. Well, while we get set up to play, Keith, why don't you tell our audience how they can keep in touch with our friend Billy Dean.
0: I would love to. As Billy gets ready to sing, I want to tell you how you can discover more about his music. Go to his website, billydean.com. There you'll find his concert schedule, his music, and latest news. And now, here to perform with Mike on Bass, please make welcome Billy Dean!
7: With doubt, down and out, and so alone. In a ship tossed and turned, and lost and yearning for a home. A survivor barely surviving, not really sure of his next move. there had
0: Thanksgiving Turkey with Mike, John McLemore and his wife Tonya, Larry Gatlin, Billy Dean, Will Graham, and yours truly. Be thankful there's more Huckabee on the way.
1: Well, joining me now for our Thanksgiving deep-fried turkey feast are John and Tanya McLemore, Keith Bilbrey, all of our wonderful guests from the show tonight, and lo and behold, look who showed up because there's a big table of food. It's Larry Gatlin. Welcome, Larry Gatlin, to join with us. Oh, Hi, kids. Guys, this, I, I don't even know, should we tear into it, but then again, yes, we should. <laughs> we want to look at all these side dishes Mm-hmm. are from folks who are here. Hi. Larry, I think your lovely wife, Janice, had the recipe for the bean uh, special. Yeah.
8: Yes, bean mm-hmm. salad. That's uh, We have that. May I see that? Yeah. Uh, and yes. she and I are on a uh, this uh, liver detox cleanse thing. Yeah. So I can have none of that except... The bean salad. Oh, okay. Well, knock yourself
1: out, pal. Well, why don't you just eat it out of the bowl like a redneck, and then that way we can't have any. We mean like a redneck. Oh,
8: by the way, by the way, y'all do know what the good Lord
1: said at the Last
8: Supper, don't you? Everybody who wants to get in the picture, get on this side of the table.
1: <laughs> Which is exactly what we've done here tonight. Uh, we've got some uh, sweet potato salad, and that recipe is from... Not me. Who is that one from? That That may be from our producer's (laughs) wife, Teresa. Okay, I did it. Okay, and then uh, we have some turnip greens. That's mine right there. All righty, that's Keith's. My wife has the recipe for the (laughs) corn casserole. By the way, all of these recipes are going to be on Mm Huckabee.tv, so if you think they look good, you ought to try cooking them. They're even better, and you'll be able to uh, give it a shot. Uh, Larry, let me ask you, what's the greatest Thanksgiving memory that you have throughout your life?
8: Uh, I think the first one that I remember when I was a kid at my grandmother and grandfather's house down in Albany, Texas, poor people didn't have much, but they shared it with everybody. And uh, of all the things I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for godly grandparents and parents. They raised us in the hmm. book. Hmm. We know about the book. Uh, awesome. When we do wrong, we know the book says to give thanks and ask forgiveness. So I'm grateful for that and uh, grateful to be here and, God bless all of y'all and pass the bean mm. salad
1: again. <laughs> and by the way, they told us that we could uh, start eating if you want. Uh, Billy, you got a favorite Thanksgiving story to tell us? I tell you what. Um... You know, the greatest thing, we had such a big
9: family, you know, and that was, uh, I think the, the the greatest memory was looking forward to everyone coming along and, um, you know, and for Thanksgiving. But I don't know what it is in Turkey, but after we eat turkey, I don't know about the rest of you, but it is lights out. Oh, yeah. After you eat, every, everybody finds a pillow and a spot on the floor. Yep. And, uh, and it's football and, and sweet dreams. <laughs>
1: When the Graham family all got together, who did the Thanksgiving prayer? Because I mean, it's like you got the whole clan who can do it.
5: Well, it was a fight to see who did it. Yeah. (laughs) No, you know, know, we would often go with, you know, especially late in life, after my grandmother passed away, um, so many of us would come around my grandfather. And, uh, but his house couldn't hold us all. I mean, there's too many of us. And so we went over to the Cove. That's where you and I met a few years ago. we would rent the cove, and that's where we would have uh, our own place to have. Uh, I don't know how often, many times we're going to still do it now with my grandparents mm-hmm. gone, but uh, uh, but a great
1: memory nonetheless. Yeah, awesome. uh, Billy Dean, I don't know if it's, you know this, but we've done food on this show three times. You've been here every time. Uh, we wanted to present tonight to you a certificate of achievement. <laughs> to Billy Dean, the certified Huckabee foodie. So yeah. now... Part of what you must do as the, is to uh, also accept our gift of this lovely uh, headpiece wearing the turkey. Because if you remember last hey, let, time. Let me hold yep, that yeah, sign so
9: you
8: can put that that's on. That's right.
1: <laughs> I'll help. You. I do get the turkey,
9: I'll tell you. Did I Did I make it? Did I get my second time and, and around? And by
1: the way, be sure and look because you don't look as silly as Trey does. <laughs> Oh. Trey's got his turkey hat on. Oh, Lord. I'm telling you, tellin ya, Billy, you? that is you. That is you, man. <laughs> and
3: John and Tanya, do you guys want to say anything? Years ago, we lost my mother, who was the matriarch of our family. So, probably my most memorable Thanksgiving is when we went from it being a tradition at my parents' house to Tanya taking that honor and the family coming over to our house Mm. and becoming the matriarch of our family, the absolute backbone to Masterbuilt and the McLemore family. So that's one of my most memorable Thanksgivings is the lady that I've been married to for 30 years. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I need to make up for what I said about her mother. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. She, you are in, in real
1: trouble. <laughs> in in trouble. fact, John, has uh, he's been cooked more than that bird tonight. <laughs> well, thank you all. And I'm going to say happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Yes. And before we leave tonight, I've got some final words i want to share with you on the wrap. We'll do that in just a moment, but happy Thanksgiving to all of our special guests here. Yeah,
3: and thank you, Governor.
1: We are so glad to have our beloved friend and announcer Keith Bilbrey back with us tonight. When we learned last week of the tragic death of his son Mark in a car accident, it was news that shook us all to our core. When this happened, it wasn't like it just happened to some guy that we worked with. It happened to someone who is family to all of us. You know, it made me realize how blessed we are to be part of the TBN family. And that's just what it is. We are family. Oh sure, we work together. We try to approach our jobs with professionalism and integrity. But more than any place I've ever worked, There is a bond that binds us together here at TBN, so that when something good happens among us, we all celebrate it. And when something tragic happens, like it did with Keith, we all take it personally. I cherish the spirit of our show and the closeness of our team. I hope it comes through to you as you watch that we are having a great time bringing the show to you, but that we really do enjoy each other Now, Keith and I have some things in common, from starting in radio when we were just teenagers, having a love of music and the people who make it, and for having kind of a warped sense of humor. But one big difference, Keith has no enemies. I mean, everyone loves him. I got quite a few. But I know the rest of our team always has my back, and I'll always have theirs. And that is our wrap for tonight. Good night, everyone. Join us next week. We have guest Congressman Mark Harris, Mike Rowe and his mom, the incredible Max Winfrey, and a -a one-of-a-kind performance by Becky Buller and the Fairfield Four. Until then, have a great Thanksgiving. God bless you.